Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion Knives. Live from the campus of Top Radio, under the direction of Guido, Scoot, and Johnson, it's the pride of podcasting. It's Got Your Ears On. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido here with you. We're taking a break this week, guys, giving you another best of show to listen to while we take a breather after a long football and basketball back-to-back seasons. Not much happened this week, but we'll be back next week. We'll have a lot to talk about. We'll also talk a little bit about that John Means no-hitter, maybe a little bit about the TBT team and Sags coming back to join John Flowers and the guys and whatever else happens in the next week. So thanks for listening. Enjoy this week. We're going to do a little flashback to the beginning of basketball season when Brent Solheim joined us and we talked a little bit about our hopes and dreams for the 2020-2021 WVU Mountaineers basketball team. And we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks with our hopes and dreams for next year's team. So don't forget, find us online. Look for us on Instagram, on Twitter. You can find us at Got Your Ears. Also search for us on Facebook. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back next week with another show. Enjoy this. All right, everybody, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot. Yo. And Johnson. Special guest in the house, Guido. Special guest in the house. So excited. Going to be with us off and on this season during basketball. Number 45 from West Virginia University. Played on the 1998 Sweet 16, or 19, yeah, 1998 Sweet 16 team. Brent Solheim, thanks for joining us, Brent. Thank you. It's a pleasure to join you guys. Yeah, Big fan of the show. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if I'd say <laughs> it may it's a, not pleasure. Be a pleasure. I don't know. That's that might be a stretch. <laughs> He's here. Let's see if it's a pleasure later. <laughs> I've uh, enjoyed listening to your guys' take on football and everything. It's uh, certainly a fun show, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah, we can't. We're super excited to have you. This is this is going to be fun. Yeah, this will this will be great. So uh, you know, everybody everybody knows you, Brent. You were you know a four year starter really at WVU um, in the in the mid '90s and played on that that awesome. Uh, team in 98 that sort of surprised sweet 16 team if you will i mean i'm sure you guys went into it knowing you could get that far but uh it was, it, it, for all of us as fans it was definitely a surprise to see you guys go that deep yeah well this was the first time 1998 was the first time wvu made it to the sweet 16 in something like 30 years it had been yeah. a really long time so i don't think anyone looked at us and thought oh yeah this team can make a a, a nice run into the tournament when uh the season started but uh you know, we we did get some big wins. We we beat a number, I believe they were number six rated UConn team at home, and we had some other really big wins that year. And um, yeah, it, it was it was fun. It was it was a great run. You know, it was only three three games in, but uh, my goodness, that that was that was definitely the highlight of my college career. Brent, how? Uh, let me ask really quick. How I'm trying to remember how many how many seasons of Big East play did you get in before you graduated you you're so early your first season we were still a 10 right you're right so the first season we played in the atlantic 10 and uh saw my sophomore year was the first year that wvu joined the big east okay and and that that first season your your freshman season and you were were, were you a true freshman or did you redshirt no I, I was a true freshman i i came in and uh west virginia was rebuilding that year they had a, a senior dominant team the year before and it was pretty much wide open. I want to say we had six guys who had never played college basketball before um, my freshman year. And I was lucky enough to be one of two guys that started every single game that 94-95 season. Now, was the other one Damian Owens? No, I think it was Zane Shaw. I'm trying Damian to, I'm trying might to have think had a, who would have... an injury or something and, and didn't start. It was only like a game or two. But only, I think Zane and I were the only two. That started every game that that uh, okay. that first year, and then and then that '98 team, you know, going back to it, which I'm sure you know, you guys have to talk about a lot. You guys have all stayed close to through the years, and and that team, you know, every so often they'll do something at the Coliseum to to remember that team. Um, you still talk to all those guys? Oh yeah, um, a, a lot of it. A lot of the communication now is like through even like Facebook and 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 even just text messaging. So. One thing that, you know, Huggins was actually involved with that Sweet 16 from a perspective as we, we beat them when he was coaching Cincinnati. But when he came back to West Virginia, he did a really nice job of, you know, inviting all of the alumni back, even guys that he didn't coach to come back. And now we have an alumni weekend every single year where, uh, 
we all meet Friday night and have dinner, you know, have a few drinks. Saturday, we'll uh, walk out on the court at halftime, get something to eat after the game as well. And, and that has allowed a lot of the former alumni to meet a lot of players that they never knew before. You know, when, when I came to WVU, I didn't know any of the players. I, I'm from Minnesota. So, but ever since I played, 98 was my last season. I've been a fan of WVU from the 99 season through now. So I've, I've watched all of the players now, but I would have never had the opportunity to meet any of the older players had it not been for Huggins and bringing back and having the alumni weekend and all that. So it's been a lot of fun to meet all of those guys. And I see a lot of my teammates as well. And I bet that's pretty neat for your son to see dad go out, you know, walk across the floor at the Coliseum. And... There's been a few times where it was just him and I coming to the game. And I'm not going to leave a five-year-old up in the stands by himself. So he actually got to walk out on the carpet with me. So he he really thought he was something. <laughs> That's pretty neat. Yeah, it was neat. Well, we, uh, you know, the cool thing about having you on this year with us and what we're super excited about it is the fact that, you know, it's somebody to help us break down basketball, talk more about basketball. And, and I'm sure along the way you'll have stories that will sort of interject from your career as to, you know, kind of reflect on what's happening with the players now so we, i don't want it to feel like we're interrogating you all the time no so no we're, all we're, good this 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 year we're going to kind of break down this basketball team that you know for wvu that has a ton of hype coming into this season and um it starts with the fact that you know we've got so many guys so many starters returning i mean we lose logan route chase harler jermaine haley all seniors that left last year and then brandon napper transfers out um but you have a team like this that has returned so many seniors, uh, guys. What like, what's what's what do you think Johnson is needs to happen with this team in order for them to be successful? Based off of last year, which was also pretty successful. Yeah. Well, my first concern is that the season itself needs to happen. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I mean, I know we're gonna dig in here, but my my fear right now, especially Guido, as you see more of these teams, we now just you know I think just most recently Creighton is now out of the as Scoot would say, the big bad boys crossover. The bad boys mower, crossover big, uh, classic. classic yeah, crossing right. over somewhere. through the classic. So, it, you know, it's like I'm starting to just get worried that is are we even going to ha- – is, is this tournament even going to happen? I think um, it was interesting earlier this week that I think Shane Lyons and the athletic department actually doubled down. I think Hugs was even in on that too, saying, no, we're definitely – participating and the tone now it's interesting that the tone now has been like well you know it it went from there's going to be some heavy hitters to to really get a sense of you know talent wise performance wise how we're faring and now we're kind of like the big or at least i feel like we're we're now kind of the big dog the big name in the tournament so that's maybe a little bit different and i think the interesting thing about it you know looking at they they actually did a little bit of i actually saw a little article online about it so this tournament this place they're playing the stanford pentagon the pentagon yeah it's like literally out in the middle of nowhere it's in the middle of a cornfield and then like i'm not exaggerating like there is like cornfield 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 and then there's a a a stadium um so you feel like they're well insulated from not only that yeah but the 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 hotel that they're staying at like you can throw a rock from the stadium and hit it so and and it's right right next to the airport so i feel like okay west virginia is looking at it as all right they're with this is super kind of bubble so should be able to control the environment type of thing but I, I'm with you. I mean, Scooty, and we kind of were talking about this earlier. It's like now we've gone from, you know, we were playing Duke and we had Ohio State and we had Texas A&M and Crichton. I guess if I have an issue, my biggest concern is <clears throat> let's say we play some games. I don't want us to have a great season and then people to think, well, we need to put an asterisk with the 2021 season because we may have had to reschedule a game or a game gets canceled or because I think we're going to have some of that. Great. So that's my big concern is that I think it will cheapen how good this team actually is. And I don't want that to happen because I do think it's a, a what looks to be a pretty, pretty deep team. Well, and Brent, do you think, like, we've been talking early on leading up to this, like, I think originally the guys were supposed to head to the Bahamas and play, you know, the, like... The Battle of Atlantis. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. right? So, and they were going to play some, you know, Duke, I think, you know, who else was originally in, guys? Ohio State was in there. Mm -hmm. So... You know, what do you, I don't know if you have, I, you know, I remember, you know, you guys traveling to like Puerto Rico and stuff, you know, for tournaments, I guess 
do you think the motivation is still there when yeah suddenly... are you excited to go to south dakota uh, seriously on, honestly these guys i would expect them to be not as excited i mean you're going you're originally going to the battle of atlantis and you're playing duke you're playing ohio state i mean if you come out of there with uh, winning the tournament, man, you have a ton of momentum yeah. and you yeah. are already on the national stage. Now, if you go out to like we went to the San Juan shootout in 98 and, and one of the games was against Puerto, Puerto Rico Mayaguez. And <laughs> coach got on us about them that said that their players weren't even there for basketball. They were there for engineering. So <laughs> um, anyway, so these guys are now going out to South Dakota. You know, let's say they beat the Jackrabbits and they beat a couple other mid-major teams. You know, they walk away with uh, that title. How much momentum does that really give us? Uh, probably not that much. Yeah, or or not nearly what it would have. Yeah. Well, I made yeah. a bold statement saying that had we won the battle for Atlantis with all of the original teams, I think we're preseason 15 I think we are flirting between five and ten, I think, after that tournament, if we were to win the tournament. So let me ask you this. What happens if WVU goes out to South Dakota and plays in the bad boys' big <laughs> Crossing over classic, classic, classic yeah. And what happens if they don't win this tournament? What happens if they drop a game? Yeah, well, game? that's the thing, though, right? I mean, then you feel like, oh, geez, we probably should have came around, you know, came away with that championship i agree then it's almost a bad then it's almost a downer like a demotivator so there's there's right. so much hype for this team though that I, what worries me a little bit about a tournament like this is they believe the hype and they go in and don't need to come out 100 percent. and like we were talking about earlier if you don't put away a, a mid-major team early on they start to believe that they can beat you and that becomes that you see that sometimes in the ncaa tournament where you know a 15 team plays a two and they, they, you know, they don't come out playing hard. Vermont always wins. Exactly. So that's one thing I worry about with a team like this is, Hey, they've, they've seen the hype all summer. They've seen the hype all preseason. They come in and they're going to walk all over everyone. And that does not happen with a mid major team that especially is playing a power five team. And they're it's, it's might be their biggest game of their season. So they're going to come in playing, like it's the the national title game. And and if we're not up for it, I could see us taking an L. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, Guido, maybe to answer your question too, I think coming in, we've heard about some big improvements from some players. I think we've got expectations, obviously, for Oscar, but we've also been hearing, you know, chirping about like Culver being really the leader. Um, and then people like Taz Sherman and um, I think, uh, who is it? Neil. Josh, yeah, well, Josh yeah. likes to call him uh, shot, robot. shot Robot, which I like. Um, you know, we've heard a lot of good things about improved shooting. So my mind, I guess to answer your question, one of the things I'm anxious to see is has that outside shooting really improved? I would love that to be the case. One thing about shooters coming off of the bench that I've seen, you, when you come off the bench, you're cold. It's tough to get right into the game and just start knocking down threes. You got to run up and down the court a little bit. You got to get a, a break of sweat. And it's tough for shooters to come out, immediately hit shots, or you know, go back to the bench if you're relieving someone for a couple minutes. So if I, if you got guys like Sean McNeil and Taz Sherman that are getting more minutes this year, I expect their field goal percentage to go up significantly. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would I I agree, and and it's. I think it'll also be interesting this year. So one of the things off of last year's team and, and losing the fact that we had, you know, Jermaine Haley, who I know wasn't standout and always a starter, but he, he led the team last year in um, shot percentage. So it, it's one of those things where you lose a guy who made his shots when he needed to make his shots. We got to make sure that we got somebody picking those up. Yeah, no doubt. And I think, too, that's funny to hear you say that because – it was an interesting year for Haley because he didn't always start, but he was largely, he might even come in and still lead in uh, points, especially points off the bench. So that's interesting to see how we shuffle guys around this year and kind of make up for some of that, some of that play. He was such an interesting guy in that he was six, seven. And as a point guard, he's a tough matchup. Yeah. I think. Yeah, for sure. Well, it'll be interesting. And then, so what do we think about the new guys that we're going to see this year? I mean, the names that we're hearing a lot of, you know, the Jalen bridges, the Isaiah Cottrell's, the Kedrian Johnson's like, um, you know, those three guys, you know, I think are going to see more time on the court 
and how do they fit into this team, you know, this year? Hey, that's a, that's a good question because, you know, these guys that are coming in, they have to take time from somebody. So wh- whose time do they take? Isaiah Cottrell, yeah. okay? He's 6'10". He's a freshman, 240, big body. Wait, is he going to take half of Oscar's time? I, I yeah, don't think so. Right. So you got, you know, if Culver, sometimes he gets in the doghouse, you know, now we can substitute Isaiah in for him if he does. But, you know, I mean, Culver and, and Oscar are so – you know, so much potential, you know, they're so good. If they're on their game, I don't know how much time Cottrell takes from them. Do you think maybe he hurts Gabe Osaboyan's time, Cottrell? If, if he hurt anyone's time, that's who I would think. That's where we'd see some of his time. You know, Gabe is 6'7". Gabe kind of reminds me of a Cam Thurman. Yeah, no, that- no, I, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But Isaiah is such a, you know, he's three inches taller. Uh, at times, Gabe can be undersized inside, but he plays hard. He's he's a he's a decent athlete, but uh, yeah, you got a guy coming in that's uh, Cottrell. I think he's going to take some of Gabe's minutes for sure. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to watch because there will be some shuffling. I think you know what we love about Gabe though is his his defense. I guess we'll see if. I think if Cottrell is able to score the ball, then yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting shot. Right, Gabe's not much of a scorer, so anything you get out of Gabe. Watching Gabe play defense is just so much fun. I mean, the kid's oh, yeah. got arms for days. Right, like, he's got well, and he's like, got a motor. I mean, he doesn't stop. So I'm interested to see uh, in this crossover classic, you know, the rotations that Huggins starts with. Because I mean, I can't. I've been looking at this roster now for two weeks, and I, I, I'm not sure I'm sold on what the starting five is. I mean, I think we can probably name three really easily, but, you know, are we going to see Taz in there more for starters? Uh, you know, where is, you know, it's are we going to have what we had last year with Jordan McCabe where it's like he's there and he's not there? Or, is, you know, as Miles taken, has Deuce taken that rollover? Brent, do you think we'll go back to – does it does it determine – like – what will determine that is if we go back to more like a press Virginia, or do you think we, because we went away from it, do you think we just didn't have the guys? I, I think we're so big this year that it's going to be tough to put a full court press on with Oscar and Culver out at the same time, or maybe you could have Oscar at the front of a, of a diamond press and have Culver go back. I could see that happening, but I don't think there's any way Miles McBride comes off the bench this year. He He's in my, in my opinion, a lot of the times last year, the game would come down to the end and he would be the guy that everyone would look to to make something happen, you know, to, mm-hmm. to take that uh, mid-range shot or to take it to the hoop. I don't think there's any way he's coming off the bench this year. So I, I don't think yeah. it's a matter of press Virginia versus drop back. I think it's Miles McBride, in my opinion, was so dominant at times last year and with a, a full season under his belt and a full off season of work, I don't think he's coming off the bench, and I think he's going to get as many minutes as anyone does. Yeah, I to- I totally agree with that. I if if what we've been hearing, you know, lives lives up to the to the you know rumors, live up to the truth. I I don't know how you're going to get him off the court. He seems like someone that's going to get a bulk of the minutes at the guards. I guess it'll be interesting to see. Like back to Guido's question, you know, is between between Sherman. Um, and shot robot, you know, who do we, who do we think is playing a lot of the two? I think you've got to say McBride's probably man in the one in most cases, right? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think if Jordan comes in and miles are, is in at the same time, I think you might see miles at, at the two spot, but okay. I, I think miles is bringing the ball up to court and, uh, you know, McNeil or Taz, uh, that's a, that's a dog fight to see who gets, you know, the Lions amount of, of points. And, and it may be, you know, they can both at times be streaky shooters. So it, it might Rotor's be, hot. you know, they, they might they might rotate time starting depending on who's got the hot hand during the season. It's, it's so hard to judge there. And then what do you think about, uh, I think Emmett uh, Matthews, of course, is the three. But do you see Jalen Bridges maybe sliding in when he's out? That that's another tough one. So uh, you know, I definitely would lean towards Matthew starting Jalen Bridges. It's tough to come in as a freshman and uh, and start over someone who's you know Emmett Matthews at times is phenomenal and other times you know he's he's, he's a, a ghost. Yeah, he's a ghost. So Jalen Bridges when he when um, Matthew starts becoming you know invisible on the court, I think we'll have Bridges come in and sub substitute for him. And I'm 
Bridges is the guy that I'm most excited about watching this year to see, you know, he's from Fairmont, the same town I live in right now. And uh, I got to see him play some in high school. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can do out there um, in the Big 12. I'm not sure if you know this. I was going to say Guido <laughs> uh, played side by side Jalen's dad. Uh-huh. So we're thinking that maybe Jalen's dad showed some old videos of Guido kind of showing Definitely. showing Jalen how to play. That's a good possibility. <laughs> or how to pull up to a table. One of the two. <laughs> well, Guido, what do you think? So we're, you know, we're obviously talking about this this kickoff tournament. And we'll I guess, you know, we'll obviously be talking about this week to week um with Brent too on basketball previews. But I mean, Ken Palm pretty much packed is the top 10 with the big 12 conference. I mean, I think four of the top nine were five, five of the top 10, okay. five teams in the big 12 are in Ken Palm's top 10. I and mean, that's now, crazy. You know, say what you want. If you look at a poll, it's completely different. I mean, we have five in the top 20 in the AP poll, Okay, but Ken Palm is, you know, it's all stats numbers. It's, it's for you and me, Johnson. It's geeky stuff. Yeah. I mean, when and, I saw that, I just was like, wow, talk about an eyebrow raise. I mean, you, it's, it's going to be a battle to say, to say the least in this conference. Well, and I think that's what makes it, and I mean, this is a typical WVU fan comment right here, but that's what makes it so frustrating in some ways, because this is a phenomenal team WVU has this year. And Baylor, I mean, Kansas always has a team that they've Kansas. given free shoes to, but <laughs> Baylor and uh, and in Kansas and Texas Tech all have really good teams this yeah, year in the Big 12. Right. So and I think it makes it, you know, that even more, gives me a little more agita than normal just because <laughs> we have such a good team. I think I saw a Kansas top returning scorer average nine points per game yeah. last year. Yet they're predicted in the top, you know, they're projected to start in the top five. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, Marcus Garrett, who is, I guess, the National Defensive Player of the Year. Right, yep. um, I think he's the returning score with the most points, with 9.9 or something. Yeah. That's crazy to me that they would even project them to be, I mean, they're going to have to score points somewhere. But I think last year was even, you know, looking back at it, I think last year was even one of those things where you go, you know, how much does all of this really matter at this point, especially in a season like this where it's, you know, what do we have for, you know, what's what's really going to show up for teams and players and what games are we actually going to have? And, right. you know, when does a player get tested positive and then you miss, you lose, you know, Oscar for three games because of that? Like, those are all things yeah. that are so weird this year. Yeah, don't even, don't even say do that. Do you lose Oscar? Do you lose the whole team? I mean, what is that? Right. The, right. Yeah. Then you have contact tracing and the whole nine yards. Yeah, it's. Unfortunately, that's probably going to play a big factor, hopefully not too big of a factor, but I guess, you know, that's that's something we'll be monitoring. I think what's interesting and you know, looking at last year's team and you look at like all Huggins teams. So like we were the number one uh, or one of the top rate, you know, we were number one in offensive rebounding last year. We were one of the top, you know, rebounding teams in the country last year. And then you flip that and you look at things like free throw percentage and we were like near the bottom of D1 and free throw percentage and and you think about a huggins coach team in general that's kind of you know the direction yeah, that they usually have right um but does like does the player do the players that we have this year really kind of help out and push that free throw percentage back up with some better shooters this year like poor Derek culver i felt like the poor guy he's always <laughs> at the line and there was i i mean well and then so much talk about how, how much bad success, he was yeah you know, like he was under the microscope at the foul line the whole season i felt like I mean, he was, he's always at the line. He gets fouled all the time. And I feel bad but for But I guess, guy. Guido, you you made the note that we were 333rd out of 347 D1 teams in free throw in, percentage. In free throw so percentage. one would think that... Uh, 64% free throw percentage <laughs> is rough. One would Super think we could rough. improve, yeah. yeah. Brent, in a, in a typical season, how how much focus... Does a coach put on free throws? Well, one thing about it is when you got guys like Culver that are bangers inside and not great shooters, they are going to get to the line a lot and they're not going to make, you know, 90% of them. You get guys like uh, Taz in there and, and McNeil that are attacking the basket. Now, those guys are more of, of spot shooters, but you got to get your guards. You got to get your shooters shooting more free throws to uh, get that percentage up there. I don't. Th- I don't see Culver all of a sudden becoming a ninety percent free throw shooter. At times, it's rough. It's rough to watch. 
It is. It is. But, I mean, he can certainly improve, but I, you're not going to see a 15% improvement in free throw percentage. Looking at the looking at this team, you know, for you guys, like what what is it that you need to – you feel like, at least in this this mid-major classic that we're playing well, – I'm going to just rename it the mid-major classic. <laughs> Us and the mid-majors. Uh, what, what is it that we need to see in these three games that we're going to play on this week that – will make you feel good about this or feel comfortable about this team well they got to uh they got to control the pace they got to control the tempo we can't let those guys come up set up their offense get the shots they want we need i I would personally i would probably start oppressing these teams um put in some type of trapping half court offense where we are you know forcing them to get uncomfortable or maybe even going a uh, in-your-face man-to-man like we see a lot of Huggins teams doing. I mean, we see Huggins teams from from when he first started at WVU. I noticed we went from a, a, a very set offense with B-line taking outside shots to a, a much more aggressive man-to-man defense. So I, I think what we're going to see is we're going to get in these guys' face uh, and make them uncomfortable. And and I think that's what you need to do against most mid-major teams is get in get in their grill. Most of the times, and I, I'm generalizing some here, most of the times the pack or the power five teams are a little bit more athletic, a little bit bigger, a little stronger, a little faster, but uh, fundamentally they're not that different. But I, I do think the bigger schools have a little bit better athletes, and that's what really makes the difference. Do you think Coach Huggins coaches more of a vintage Big East style? Oh, I, I absolutely to, do. I mean, I, I just think compared to me, even maybe the rest of the Big Twelve, I still think Coach Huggins kind of has that Big East mentality: a couple of big man, throw it to the big man, and let him do some work. I absolutely agree with that. And and Huggins teams, you know, he kind of gets a rap as a coaching overly aggressive teams, and that's the kind of basketball I really like to see. And sometimes it comes down to the officiating where if they're allowing a little bit of that contact, we have a massive advantage. But if they're calling every little touch foul, yeah. that then, yeah. you know, that gives an advantage to, to possibly to the other team. So mm-hmm. I, I've always enjoyed watching Huggins teams play and, and that style of play. And I would have loved to have played, you know, that same style back, you know, in, in 1998 where we did have some more physical play, but. I, I love Hugs as a coach, and you'll never hear me say anything bad about him. But uh, um, yeah, I just I, it is an old school Biggie style of basketball, and, and I, that's just what I enjoy watching. Yeah, and I think too, Guido, for me, like to kind of follow on what Brent's saying because of that, I think how many times over the last I know we talked about it last season, even the season before that. How many times do we look at a box score and we say? wow, how is it possible that we got up 22 more shots and we lost by like six points or something? So I think for me, that's why I brought up, you know, the stuff we're hearing about like uh, McNeil, Taz, just shooting in general being improved. I would love to just see us hit not even some giant, you know, leap in shooting percentage, just just knock down when we get good open shots, knock them down, finish at the rim, stuff like that, so that we're not having that conversation. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Scott. Um, if you look at our three pro, or our three point percentage from last year, Taz led it with uh, you know thirty three point three percent, so he's making one out of every three shots. And right there with him was McNeil at point three three zero. So those guys are both you know hitting one out of three shots, and we're we're talking about them like they're our best shooters by far. Those guys, when they start getting more time, I'm anticipating their uh, three-point percentage to go up. I don't want to say significantly, but to go up. And some of the other guys certainly should go up as well. Yeah, it just seems like if we could just hit – and I'm not – like I said, I'm not I'm not saying like some huge leap, but even just seeing progress there, I think that would be such a big difference. I couldn't agree more. Jordan McCabe, starting point guard didn't even shoot 21% from three points. If you, we got to have better shooting than that. Yeah, definitely. Now, now, Brent, is there a player on this year's team that reminds you of you at all? <laughs> oh, I would probably say if you held a gun to my head and said this, you know, one person, I would probably say Gabe. You know, a, yeah. a guy who doesn't have the athletic 
talent as like an Oscar or a Culver, but works hard, does what he can on defense, is scrappy. Probably that that would be the guy that I would say I was I was most like. Scoot, uh, who would you feel like you're most like? Well, uh, that's a good question. I'm, I'm glad you asked. Uh, intramurals. I think the teams I would have I would have played against would say I was very similar to Oscar, minus the explosive dunking, defense, jumping. But outside of that, uh, he's probably a better passer. Otherwise, though. Uh, otherwise, we're, we're very similar. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oscar, yeah. by the way, named to the De- Naismith watch list recently, which I think is super exciting. So, Guido, back to what you were saying. I mean, there is so much hype right now. And I, I think that's yeah. why I'm hoping we get some basketball. I'm hoping we dodge COVID enough, not just WVU, but, you know, college sports in general. We can keep things rolling and at least get, you know, some complement of games into to get some enjoyment. It would, I think that's what makes me nervous is just the thought that maybe the endeavor gets hijacked by, you know, not being able to play a game. So let's keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll find out soon. So West Virginia plays on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern time in the bad, bad boy mowers crossover classic. I did it right that time. It'd be just so much easier if it was battle for battle yeah. for Mount Rushmore or something. Battle for Mount Rushmore. <laughs> uh, and I, and right, as of right now, unless it changes in the next you know few days, as of a recording of the show, we're playing Northern Iowa for our first. No, game. we're playing South Dakota State now. Oh, did they change it already? Yes. No. Oh wow, geez. See, you can't even keep up with it. They're changing it so much. We're playing some random mid major on on uh, Wednesday, and then uh, they'll be they'll they'll continue to play. So there's they're definitely going to play on Thursday and Friday. It just uh, depends on who wins and who and who loses. Look, all you need to know, Scoot, eat turkey, watch basketball. That's all. You, that's all you need. Eat to turkey, know. watch basketball. ESPN. I am. I will say this. I am kind of excited to see Memphis. I'm glad Memphis is still in there with Penny Hardaway and. I know that he lost James Wiseman and uh, Precious Achua, but I'm I'm still interested to see how uh, how they do. And I know that they're a kind of an up and coming uh, team with Penny at, at the helm. That's an also receiving votes team, so they're not ranked, but it's an also receiving votes team. Uh, so we'll find out. Also, uh, news that came out this week, which was kind of on the depressing end of things, um, our home opener against Youngstown State was postponed which essentially will end up being canceled i don't know if they'll make that game back up um that uh youngstown state's having some COVID issues on their team so they have shut down the basketball operations or they're scared uh, yeah no or there's maybe that's what it is maybe it's well i know. think you're right though guido about my my first thought was that's probably a game that just gets canceled right i don't yeah. know where you work that back in unfortunately so that that does stink but yeah sid right now says it's 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 postponed but i have a feeling that will be so that'll make our first first game against georgetown which how exciting is that for you brent that they're going to actually be playing a big east team? i love it i absolutely love any of these big east matchups you know i would love to get georgetown on the schedule regularly i'd like to have Pitt on the schedule regularly um you know, when I played, the team had Allen Iverson, Othella Harrington, Jahidi White, Jerome Williams. Four of their five starters were, were future NBA players. And uh, that was some hard-nosed basketball back then. So I'm I'm really, really happy to see us get Georgetown back in the schedule. Yeah, so that game's on December 6th in D.C. Uh, on Fox Sports 1, so also nationally televised too. So. That'll be cool. Well, listen, guys, we need to take a quick break. Brent, if you have time, uh, can you hang around for the next segment? Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be uh, right back with everybody's favorite game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast, a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluff. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortec Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to VortecKnives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortec, V-O-R-T-E-K, Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday carry knives. Vortec Knives. 
All right, welcome back to Got Your Ears On, Guido, along with Scoot and Johnson and, and Brent Solheim. So that's awesome. And joining us for Bluff the Fluffs. Uh, don't forget, you can find us on social media. Look for us at Got Your Ears on Instagram and Twitter and search for us on the Facebook. So, Johnson, last week, Scooty beat you in the Battle of Pickles. Crushed you. On Bluff the Fluff. Yeah, it was bad. And now you were only up two games, 13 to 11. End of the year's yeah, coming. he's closing the gap. He's closing the gap, and we're getting close to the end of the year where we pick a champion. So this is the time where we come with the sports topic that I don't know about. So, so. so here here we go. So last year, last week, this week I thought it was just super appropriate to have a little bit of Bluff the Fluffs, West Virginia University Sports Podcast number one game show, uh, about our guest, our friend. Oh, boy. Friend of the podcast, Brett Solheim. So these are all questions. Oh, this is, this, this is, is going to be tough. Rigged. No, this is rigged. How well... Do you know? You went to school with him. I didn't go to school with him. This is rigged. Uh, this is great. I love it already. I, I oh, God. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. As always, before we started, we just want to remind everybody, a correct answer is worth five points. A steal is worth 10 points. And final bluff is worth 25 points. Before we started, we had a complete and random total flip of the coin. And Johnson, you came out on top. You yes. get to go first. I love All this right. random coin flip. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Brent, as you can see, none of this is rigged. This is all <laughs> no rigging it's whatsoever. It's definitely rigged. All right, Johnson, first question. First question is for you. All right, let's do this. While at WVU, how many total games did Brent Solheim play in at WVU? Was it 109, 113, 97, or 94. Oh, God. Oh, this is tough. I, I love it when you have these questions that are for random yet, oddly enough, close together choices. Um, the real question is, I wonder if Brent knows the answer to this question. <laughs> but um, I, I think, so Brent was hurt for a period of time too, sprinkled in there. Um, I'm going to go, I think it's still 100 plus Guido. So what were my two 100 plus options? 109 or 103. Uh, I'm going to go 103. Sorry, that's incorrect. Scoot for 10 points in okay. the steal. So this is random, but uh, I feel like at one point, Joe Airbear was, Joe Airbear had a lot of games played. And I think at one point he was like the most. Yeah, well, but that, that was, whole five that he was with, I think. Yeah, had, and Pat Beeline as yeah. well. Jamie um, Collins, all those guys. Yeah, so this I'm... Scoot stalling for the answer. I'm going to say... I'm going to go on the lower end. I'm going to say 97. It's incorrect, guys. Come on. It was 109. Wow. 109 games. Oh, I should have went with the... I knew it was 100 plus. Did you know that, Brent? Did you know? Did you remember? I did not games? know the exact number. I know that I played in every single game for four years with the exception of, I want to say, six or eight games my sophomore year when I had a broken hand. Yeah. Hmm. So your sophomore year, you played in, in 19 games. Yeah, so you had a little, little downtime there. A little downtime there. So nobody gets any points on this one, guys. Like, come on. I mean, I thought this was kind of embarrassing. I mean, He's right here. You can't answer these questions. I know it's it's uh, that that was bad. All right, Scoot, this one is to you. Brent ranks fourth all time at his high school, John Marshall Rockets, uh, in scoring with twelve hundred seventy two points. Currently ranks fourth. What current Duke Blue Devil is first all time at John Marshall with three thousand eight hundred and nineteen points? Is it DJ Stewart, Matthew Hurt? Jalen Johnson or Wendell Moore? Current Duke. Okay, player. current Duke player. Now, how many points did you say he scores or scored? The current Duke, the current yeah. number one, 3,819. Can I just say that is a ridiculous amount That's of points? That's a crazy amount of, amount of points. I mean, how many shots are you taking a game to get that many points? That's a lot. Nobody else gets any shots. Uh, I mean, you got to average. What do you? I mean, you, I don't even want to think about how much you have to average. But anyway, um, uh, I don't know his first name again, but I think it's Hurt is his last name. That's correct. Matthew, Matthew Hurt. Hurt. All right. So, hey, I got to jump in here with some information. So um, I held the school record for 19 years. And uh, then there was a, a guard came up. They, he played, I want to say, four years. I played three years, 10th, 11th, 12th. Um, but then Matthew 
his older brother then beat this this other guard to hold a position and then Matthew beat his brother you know a couple years after that but Matthew started playing uh, or, uh, varsity in eighth grade Ooh, so that's something okay. you know in, in West Virginia here you can only play four years of a varsity sport in Minnesota if you're a dominant athlete you can play varsity as an eighth grader so he, so have you petitioned your high school to put a big asterisk beside that? I, I have not. No, no, I probably should, but uh, I have not, no. I mean, I feel like I feel like there's some athletic director that needs a letter. That's all I'm saying. Well, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Like, I, I didn't know that anyone did that. Like, you could play in eighth grade. I didn't know that. That's that's still a ridiculous amount of points. No, man, though, he, yeah. you guys, I would, I would go home and see him. You know, I'd be home for Christmas and go watch him play. And I remember his – Ninth or tenth grade year, I, I posted on Facebook. There's a kid that goes to my high school that's good enough to play for Duke or Kentucky, and uh, you know, a couple people DM'd me. I'm friends with some other college coaches uh, in the SEC, and they're like, "Hey, who are you talking about?" And uh, and then he did eventually end up going to Duke. So uh, fun, a little funny story there. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. All right, Scoot gets the question right and takes a five to nothing lead over you, Johnson. And this next question is back to you. While in high school, I don't know if you know this, Brent was also a punter on his high school football team. What was his punt average his senior year at John Marshall? This is ridiculous that you have these stats. Where are you getting these stats? That's what I want to Listen, know. man, you can find anything on the internet you look hard enough. Um, was it 39 yards, 44 yards, 49 yards, or 37 yards? Average. Average. Season average. God, this is tough. I'm going to go... His senior year. I'm going to go 44 yards. That's correct. That's correct. It's also that 44 yards, Brent, I don't know if you know this, third, he ranks third all time for a season average in Minnesota high school football with that 44 yards. I did not. I remember 44-1 was my average. I did not know that that was third all time, but I was... First team AP All-State punter. No, I, I can't believe you found that online. <laughs> it's on a couple of it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's on a couple of it's. Left foot or right foot, Brent? Right foot. Right foot. Yeah. I could probably do either. Scoot, could you outpunt him? Could you outpunt um, him, Scoot? 44. <laughs> That's tough. Uh, my left foot would be better at it. I could do right foot. I think left foot, I've got more power. So if I if I were to come close, it would have to be with my left. <laughs> hey, playing in Minnesota, too, some of those balls uh, late in the season are not um, very oh, friendly. They're, they're, not foot, friendly. They're, they're not foot friendly. No. You don't get, you don't, they, don't, they didn't have a ball warmer over on the sidelines for you? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so that we're all tied up there. Correct answer by Johnson ties us up five apiece. And Scoot, this question is back to you. While playing Florida State in the 97 NIT quarterfinal, Brent was called with an intentional foul against the future Washington Wizard and Dallas Maverick player. Who was that player? Was it James Collins, Randall Jackson, Bob Sura, or Charlie Ward? That's a good question. I don't know if I know the answer to that. Who are the first three? Randall Jackson, James Collins, and Bob Sura. I'm going to go with uh, Randall Jackson. That's correct answer. And I, I, the moment I asked that question, I knew that Brent uh, remembered that intentional foul. Too. Yeah, I, I actually do. I had two intentional fouls in all of college, and thank you for uh, reminding me of that one. <laughs> I, I apologize. No, all good. Two that I remember. Uh, okay. No, you weren't happy about that call. I guess is what you're saying. No, I think it might have been a breakaway, and I think it might have been like one that either sealed the game or it was it, it was, was already buckets. over at that point. I think if I remember correctly, I'd have to go back. I think you had a good game that game. I I honestly don't remember. I think, I think you did. That's, that's think one did. of the games that I, I do not remember. All right, so Scoot wins, uh, gets the correct answer. He's up ten to five over Johnson. Johnson, this next question is back to you. During his freshman season. How many games did Brent start at WVU? Was it 3, 15, 22, or 26? Oh, again, this is tough. Um I'm going to go with I'm going to go with 15 games. No, that's incorrect. Not his freshman season scoot back to you for the 10 points in the steal. Was it 3 
26 or 22? I'm going to say it's it's that's on the high end. Um, I'm going to venture to guess. I'm trying to think in a typical season. Uh, I'm going to say 26. That's correct. 26, all of them. Every single one of them he started that year. 26 that's uh, 10 points for you, Scoot, on the steal, and you now I think I know him five. better than you, Johnson. Oh, this is, I'm so distraught right now. I'm trying not to think about I'm it. I'm just saying it's kind of embarrassing for you. This John. is this was in your wheelhouse, son. It should be, yes. Yeah! Woo! Oh, that's <laughs> all good. we need is more confidence for Scoot, yeah. Yes, yes. All right, Scoot, uh, good steal, and this next question is back to you. All right. During his career at WVU, what did Brent have more of total? All right. Did he have more blocks, steals, three-pointers, or free-throw percentage? What was a higher total number? Oh, uh, I'm going to say I'm gonna say blocks. Sorry, that's incorrect. It is not blocks. Johnson, for 10 points and the steal, is it steals, three-pointers, or free-throw percentage? Career. Uh, yeah, during his career, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go free-throw percentage. That's incorrect. It's actually steals. Had more steals during his career than free throw percentage or blocks. I've got it according to... How many steals did Brent have? According to sportsreference.com, total steals, 79. Total blocks, 64. All right. I I pegged him for not as many steals. Brent, did you think... When he said free throw percentage, what did you think? I thought for sure it was not steals. I would have picked steals as my last. I, <laughs> Mr. Green. Obviously, I don't know my stats that well. Yeah, I know Green. when I graduated, I was 10th all-time in block shots, which now is you know, way, yeah. way lower since then. But uh, I would not have gotten that question. That, that would well, actually be the first one I would not have gotten right. You're, uh, here's a couple of little stats. We should have done this early off. You're fifth all-time in field goal percentage yep. um, in, in there, and you're 19th right now all-time in blocks. Okay. Now they grow them like seven foot all over the place. Yes, so. they do. All right, so going into uh, final bluff here, guys. Scoot, you have a lead over Johnson, 25-5. to five. We're always at this winner-take-all situation here, guys. And uh, so 25 points gets you uh, the right answer on this one. As we always do, guys, we'd like to have you have your own buzzer. Scoot, what's your buzzer this week? Uh, clank. Clank. Off the rim. All right. Johnson, what do you got for a buzzer this week? 98. 98. Thinking about that Sweet 16 team. All right, here we go, guys. Final question, final bluff for the win. Brent famously also tried to be a punter for WVU in the 98, with the 98 football team, but it didn't work out. What future... XFL NFL kicker did the punting for the 1998 WVU football team. Was it Mike Vanderjack, Jay Taylor, Todd James, or Mark Fazilari? Clank. All right, Scoot, you think you got this? Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Mike Vanderjack. Sorry, that's incorrect. Johnson for 25 points and the win. Was it Jay Taylor? Todd James or Mark Fazilari? Mm, I'm trying to think so hard of time. Uh, I'm going to go with Taylor. That's correct. Jay Taylor was the punter on that team. 25 points. Johnson gets the win. Oh Thirty. And I redeem myself on Solheim this Trivia. This happiest garbage. moment ever of this podcast. It's a f- <laughs> false oh, win. Man. Hey, I, I wanted to play um, the 98 football season. After I had two punts in the spring game, I averaged 40.5 after taking off four years of, of football. But I told um, – I was going to tell Neelan that I wanted to uh, – you know, play, play tight end. I wanted to see if I could, you know, I'd have to put on some weight, you know, in four or five months, whatever. And, and I would end up backing up Anthony Beck. Of course, I'm not going to beat him out of his position, but, uh, he said that I was welcome to play football in the fall, but I would have to pay for my own school. Um, if I didn't basketball, since I was, my eligibility was over with basketball, basketball could still pay for my school 
But if I wanted to play football, I would have to pay for my own school. And, and I said, uh, I'm good. <laughs> I, but it's just funny that I felt like, hey, I'll, I'll earn it by playing in the fall. But they're like, no, you can't because other schools would um, bring people in under different you know, teams and then have them play or whatever. So I was just like, oh, oh okay. thank you for the opportunity. But, uh, you know, I'm going to continue to go to school for free. You could have been the next uh, Antonio Gates. Yeah, I, d- <laughs> I doubt that. But, uh, yeah, the, I, I did have the opportunity. I could have played, but I would have just had to pay for my own school that fall and I wasn't going to do that. Well, that's crazy. That's I'm a little ticked that I lost. Not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm so I was You were so close. I thought you had it. Listen, it's not. I'm. I'm not gonna accept it as a win until it's certified. It's. <laughs> I need this win to be certified before I accept well, it as a win. We'll we'll get it up and make sure we get it certified. <laughs> Can we get somebody to tally the points again for me, please? <laughs> Congratulations, Johnson. Yes. You now have stressed your lead back over Scoot 14 games to 11, but there's still time left, Scoot. Don't fret. My most proud BTF win ever in the book, Scoot. Oh, my God. Weakest, maybe. <laughs> Brent, thank you so much, man. It was awesome having you on this week. Hey, thank you, guys. I, I really enjoyed it. Thanks a lot for inviting me. Yeah, we'll have you back a couple times this season, talk about some basketball and, and hear what's going on. So, well, listen, everybody, we take a break. We're going to come back and talk a little bit about this week's WVU football matchup against Oklahoma. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior, and the outdoor warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Tob Radio you'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives. Thanks to Brett Solheim for joining us. It's going to be great having him on the show this season. Guys, have a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll be back next week. Don't forget, find us on Instagram and Twitter at Got Your Ears. You can also look for us on Facebook and check out our website, gotyourearson.com. Everybody, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another show. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On. <laughs>